0: Hey, welcome back to another episode. I don't know if we're going to sing, but I was really excited. Y'all, I'm telling you, there is some joy in this. I want to call it a laundry room because there's so much laundry, but honestly, my closet. So I just want to tell you, I'm sitting next to a giant pile. Why am I singing? You guys, this has to end. I am not on an episode of Glee. <laughs> um. Okay. But I'm in my closet with laundry once again. My friend, Eduardo, has come back. His cousin, Celine, joins us. If you're new around here, that is the two names we've given my laundry pile. Originally, it was just Eduardo. And then one day, someone said, did his cousin move in? And I said, who knew Celine? She's a sneaky sneakerson. (laughs) So um, I'm sitting next to that pile of laundry. Um, But the most exciting thing currently in my closet, besides my peach black iced tea from Starbucks... um, is this delicious treat I found at Trader Joe's this week. Let me tell you, it's my childhood encapsulated. Here we go, y'all. Just prepare yourself. It's called an almond crinkle. All right. It is a little Dutch delight. So my mom was during the holiday seasons, she loved crinkles. Like the woman was a queen when it came to any type of bakery treat. But these things were a delicacy, okay? You usually have to go to a specialty bakery. But my heine was in Trader Joe's this weekend. Hold on, let's just take a bite together. Oh my God. Oh, I got that on the floor. Oops. Oh, this is why I can't have nice things. <laughs> um, I'm in Trader Joe's. I'm shopping with the girls. And literally, I look and I see and I'm like, no, it is not. Is it? Oh my gosh. And a crinkle basically looks like a giant... like a giant Danish. Honestly, if you take a basketball and flatten it and make it like that long, that's what it looks like. And I looked at the girls and I was like, you guys, you guys stop it. Look at this. And London's like, what, what is that? I was like, it's a crinkle. You guys, it's a crinkle. And the gal at Trader Joe's was like, oh my gosh, have you ever? And I said, oh, You do, I, yes, this, no, you don't even need to, I know how good this is. And she's like, oh, I love that. She's like, not many people know how good a crinkle is. I was like, are you kidding me? I live for a good crinkle. So if you have an opportunity and you don't have a Trader Joe's, find yourself a little Dutch bakery and get yourself a crinkle. It is so good with like coffee or hot tea. And I like to drink it without any sweetener in either of those because it is so sweet when you eat it and you drink, oh, I mean, it is like Justin Bieber holy. This is my new little favorite thing to say. Um, so welcome back. As always, I forgot our little introduction. Oh, my gosh. Welcome back to After Hours with Amanda. The parenting-ish podcast that is not just for parents. Ooh, ooh. Okay. But seriously, Um Y'all just came into the DMs last week, I mean, per my request, and literally dropped some like, let's do this topic. Can we talk about this? And I'm not talking, you wanted to keep this surface level. You all were like, can we talk about your brother's addiction? Can you talk about being the sibling of addiction? Can we talk about your eating disorders in high school? Can we possibly talk about, you mentioned like, blah, blah, blah. I mean, y'all were like, let's go deep together. And can I just say, I'm about that life? I mean- I am an open book. I will say some of those topics we're going to unpack a few episodes because they are all, the experiences are so different for everyone. And so I think it's really important to touch on the fact that um, when I share things, it's coming from a place of my experience. And I think it's really important because so many people, when you share an opinion or an experience nowadays, it becomes like this almost offensive thing where people are like, well, not me. This wasn't mine. And it's like, well, no, of course not. Every experience is different. But today I want to touch on something. And of course, I will frame some of the experience around mom life. But I want to talk about us being concerned and living for other people's opinions. Now, this is not one of those things like, girl, do your thing. You, Other people don't matter. You, uh, uh, uh. No. No. Because honestly, at the end of the day, that's a fat lie. I think we all can admit to the fact that we are very, um, I wouldn't say consumed, but we are very, um, what is it, impressioned, impacted by other people. So what I want to talk about today is how hopefully like we can start to view that and you guys can start to kind of cut the ties of holding on to what that looks like. Because in the world currently where we're going in the direction of social media and other things, people's opinions aren't going to stop because we live in a free forum where people can just drop a comment and like walk away. Like you can drop a comment that could possibly literally rip someone to shreds and then just like trot off to like dinner in the kitchen in your favorite movie. I wanted to say hang out with friends, but we all know that's not really happening very much right now. So (laughs) um Anywho, boo. Okay. So let's just start with this story. So, who take it on back to high school? Do you guys, well, some of you might still be in high school. I don't know. But if you were like me in high school, you remember the lunchroom. Okay. Let's talk lunchroom. Does anyone else remember the crippling anxiety of walking into a lunchroom? Whether you're, you know, filling yourself or not filling yourself, I cannot count on my fingers and my toes. Honestly, the hairs on my head, that's how many times this happened where you walk into the lunchroom and that crippling inner voice, inner fear is literally eating you alive. Oh my gosh, that person just looked at me. Is there something on my face? Oh my goodness, that person just looked and then talked to their friend and they're talking about me for sure. They're probably making fun of that thing that I'm insecure about, but they haven't even noticed yet. But I'm going to obsess about it for the next 25 minutes and then beat myself up about it. I mean, come on like has anybody else lived through that i feel like this is a universal thing and it's not something that actually start like stopped at any point because i thought like i'd get out of high school and i'd be like ooh ooh no mm i spent my first 4 months of college not walking to the other side of campus not because i didn't have a class over there but because i thought there might be an off chance of a campus of like 20 1, 000, I don't know if it's 20,000, but like 10,000 commuter students that someone might notice that I was walking the wrong direction or didn't quite know where I was going or literally had any opinion on the subject when I literally knew no one on campus, like not a soul. I knew nobody. Like I was so nervous and so consumed with what I thought other people were thinking about me that I couldn't even talk to people or make friends in class. Like it was an impossibility for me. So it took me four months to walk to the other side of campus where I knowingly knew they had better food options. How dumb is that? Now, that's not to say I think I'm done. Excuse me. (laughs) I can talk. That's not to say that I think I'm done. Dumb. (laughs) Oh my gosh, y'all. Somebody call in a professional. That's not to say that I think that I am dumb. That is to say that to allow myself to live in that type of paralyzing, crippling fear when literally I knew no one was so silly. Now, I want to specify this. There are other things where this comes into play when people are dealing with real anxiety and things of that sort. And that is a completely other beast. And I would not deign to speak on that because I think people's experience with that, which involves a higher level of anxiety and stress and usually might be accompanied by a medication like that is completely separate. So we're not going to journey on that because that that's a journey that some people have to take. And I literally empathize with them. That is difficult. Mine was more of a self-concern of being so consumed with myself. Now, you'd think this isn't in college, right? I'm so mature. I'm going to mature out of college and then boom, I'm going to become an adult and this won't. No, this carried into motherhood for me, y'all. I will never forget. And this is when it really, this is when I really started to make the strides. I'm telling you, I was 31 years old. When I decided that I wasn't going to allow myself to live like this, London was starting at a new school and I guarantee you I'm friends with these moms now and I would, I hopefully they don't listen to this podcast because I would never want them to think that I was this worrisome, but whatever we're here now it's happening. I'm exposing myself, but you know, social media, right? Well, I will never forget my first year at this new school, which we love, by the way, we love that school. Um, there were these moms and they were going out to lunch or they and they had been friends for a while, okay? But they would post on social media when they would do it. Not to be rude or like, look at us, but just to say like, we're out with friends, which is a totally normal thing to do, okay? And I would see that or they would all go to coffee after drop off or something. And I would think in my mind, why wasn't I invited? Do they not like me? Is there something wrong with me? Why don't they want to invite me? And I would literally make up these scenarios in my head that would tell me they didn't want to hang out with me. They didn't want to be around me. I wasn't good enough. They had opinions about me when literally I had spent no more than a high hello at drop offline. Like I had not put out any effort. And I remember listening to this one um, devotional one weekend from this pastor and she said, Quit waiting to get an invitation. And if you want to do something in life, be the invitation. And I thought literally in my mind, I'm not kidding you. I thought, hot damn. (laughs) Hot damn, that's good. (laughs) Because we spend so much time, at least I did. I'm going to speak on myself, okay? Because I'm not going to project my opinions on you guys. But... I literally spent the majority of my life sitting there going, where is my invitation? Nobody wants me at the party. When I literally not once had put out an invitation. You want to know why? Because I was crippled by fear that no one would want to respond to my invitation. And that's, that is no way to live, especially into motherhood. I mean, it plays into college, but can we dissect for a second? Let's dissect for a second what someone's opinion actually is, right? Okay, let's pick it apart. Someone's opinion is framed by someone's individual experience, and then they see things through that lens of their experience, which then forms their opinion, which then is projected onto other people with actual different experiences and different lenses. So do you see how literally none of that translates? How can you, based off an individual experience of your own, that frames your opinion, then then literally make judgments off of everything else? And do you know what's so interesting about that? And I will say this because I've been on social media and I have experienced this before. Luckily, I will say this. Our community rocks you. Like, I love the community that we have cultivated together. The kindness, the love, the encouragement. Like, it is unending in our community. And... I straight up live for y'all. Like I live for it. We are, we're building this incredible community and I am grateful for it every day and in awe of it every day. But, but caveat to that, we live in a social media world and anyone does that doesn't think that's just going to continue to grow with time, like... This is not 1960. Like social media is here to stay. It might morph, it might change, it might develop, but it is literally here. And the ability for someone to go and drop a hot comment and then walk away and us to see that comment. And and I have been there. You look at that comment, you're reading something, and I don't know if you've ever felt this, but there's like a palpitation that happens. And for me it's like this warm feeling, like clammy, and I suddenly start to feel like watery mouth like oh my gosh like and someone drops a hot comment and all of a sudden I'm allowing my identity to be in question I'm giving now do I do this anymore Mm, no I would say like I've got a grip on this about 85% of the time but good lord I'm a human being like when people say stuff it can it can affect you But I think that what I wanna get across today and what I think is really important, especially as we head into the holiday season, because the holiday season, as much joy as it brings for me, I know that for some it's a difficult time of year, okay? And I think that a lot of that has to do and, and center around opinions. But what I think we have to realize is that other people's opinions don't dictate our identity. And do you want to know why they don't dictate our identity? Well, one, you shouldn't be handing your identity over to anyone, baby, okay? That's yours. That belongs to you. That's what you get to build. You get to control it. And you need to look at them and go, "Uh uh-uh, that's mine. And I don't have to share. And we don't have to take turns with this, okay? I always tell my girls, people are going to think things about you your entire life. But what you need to know is what you need to know to be true. You might not always like yourself because I've gone through that. Everybody goes through that. You don't like yourself, but you need to love yourself. You need to love yourself enough to say, thank you so much for that. I I hear that. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much for your opinion. And then you need to be able to say, okay, well, that doesn't serve me in a positive way. So I'm not going to give that a place in my identity. And I think that we need to do this in a lot of areas of life. As a mom, it is so interesting for me. And, and it's an interesting mom culture we live in. And I think it's with any stage of life, there's a culture that comes about it. It is full of opinions and a full of you can do this. You can't do this. It's this is the right way. This is the wrong way. You're going to have a great kid. You're going to script your kid. But what we have to realize at the end of the day is the identity that we cultivate as a parent, is dependent on us. It doesn't matter if you breastfeed your child or formula feed your child. It doesn't matter if you know your your whole life goal and your degree, like your specialty, or what am I saying, your major. Good Lord, Amanda, get it together. It doesn't matter if you know your major at 18 or if you're like me and still had no idea what you were doing at 31 and still now at 34. I'm like, okay, well, where are we going in life right now? Do you all know, literally, I feel clueless. I feel super happy where I'm at in this stage of life. I feel incredible being able to have this podcast and share with you. I love making content. I love sharing life with you all, but I literally still have no idea what I'm doing. Like my husband and I joke consistently about the fact that we have three children and we're adulting somehow because on the inside, we still feel like 18 year olds, But what we've started to do, I think, a lot is, oh, you know what? Let's use this laundry pile as an example. Let's use Eduardo. Eduardo, you're going to be my non-visual visual aid for me, but that no one can see. One of these days, I'm going to have to actually record myself filming this. Good Lord. Lord, help us all when I do that. But Okay. So last week, well, that's a fib. Oh, come on, man. To be honest. Like two or three weeks ago when I had my last laundry incident, which was me trying to fold any type of laundry because I somehow cannot, as I've said before, make it from wash dry. When it stops and gets to the dryer and I move it out of the dryer, it's somehow the process like just stalls. So Blake was looking at me the other week and he's like, Hey, let's just go ahead and sort this. And I'm like, why are we going to sort the laundry? What is that going to do? And he's like, honestly, let's just sort the laundry. I feel like it's going to help. And I'm like, Okay. Whatever. Um, so we sorted the laundry, this massive pile, y'all I'm telling you this pile in my mind, it looked like Mount Everest. Like it looked like Mount Kilimanjaro and Mount Everest. It was never going to get done. It felt impossible. Okay. But we sorted through it. We made everybody's pile. And when I looked at everybody's pile, I was like, wait a second. These are tiny, Why has everybody been hiding their pie? I could totally fold this pile. And literally in less than 45 minutes, everything was folded. Because we had taken what seemed like a giant, massive pile, and we had put it where it belonged with everybody else. And that is what we need to do with opinions. See, we spend so much time worrying about other people's opinions, right? Playing it out in our head. And my dad used to say, Amanda, oh my goodness, honey, you spend so much time doing things in your head before you ever actually do them, it is no wonder you don't have the energy to do it, because you're too exhausted from doing it four hundred times in your head before the time comes. I heard this I heard this um therapist once say that the things that we imagine happening and worry about, ninety nine point nine percent of them, don't happen. Did you know that? Like, I don't even know if that statistic is a hundred percent, but she said it, and when she said it, my mind dropped. I was like, "What? No, hold up a second. No, Are you serious?" I'm wasting how much energy doing this? Because worry, worry, no matter what it's about, okay, specifically people's opinions in this scenario, worry is a bully that doesn't give back. Have you ever thought about that? You know, I've talked about before our inner voice and how we are some of our biggest bullies. Like the people that are cruelest to us in our life are 100% ourselves usually. We spend more time demeaning, degrading, and just overall like hating on ourselves. Why do we do that? What influences that? What motivates that? The control and freedom we allow other people's opinions to have over us. The freely passing over of our identity that we give to people. And worry, oh man, worry is a bully that will take your time and take your energy and it literally gives you nothing. Honestly, what have you ever actually gained from worrying about something? Have you thought about that before? Like, and and don't hear what I'm not saying. I'm not sitting over here like, y'all, I don't worry. I'm just so self-confident all the time. I don't care about other people's opinions. Like, no. Are you kidding me? I'm a human being. I completely suffer from having to combat myself mentally all the time of my inner voice when that thought creeps in. But when I, three years ago, had that female pastor, I don't know if it was a sermon or what I was listening to a devotional, when she said, Quit looking for an invitation and be the invitation, I thought, hold up a second. Why am I acting like I'm helpless in this scenario? I'm not helpless. I can do things. And in that moment, I took control over what I knew. I knew who I was, I knew who I was fun to hang out with, I knew that I could ask people to coffee. And I went and I asked one of the moms, hey, can I come? Can, can we go to coffee? And she is to this day one of my like friends at the school, one of my best friends at that school. Like her and I talk, we relate, we do fun. Like, and even if we don't see each other as often as we'd like, we can pick up right where we left off. Because I, I, I quit allowing what I deemed the opinions of others to control how I acted. I quit finding my identity in that. Now, some of you guys know I'm a Christian. So I will say like a lot of my identity and the security that I get from that, that just stems from my personal relationship. And I know that not a lot of people resonate with that. And that is absolutely okay. Like I went, I was born and raised a Christian, went away from the Lord, came back to the Lord. Like that's a journey in itself. But there is something very freeing about when you, Christian or non-Christian, stop searching for your identity in other people. Do you know what I mean? It's it's a really great place to be where when you feel yourself starting to have negative thoughts, oh, the reason I didn't invite it was because... And, and do you know what I do in that moment? You have to practice it. It is like an exercise. It is mental calisthenics, y'all, because it... And some days I don't do it. Some days it doesn't work out how I want it to. And I'm just sitting there feeling negatively about myself, okay? Because that's life. But in those moments when I've thought to myself, wait a second, why wasn't I invited? I stop myself and I go, maybe it's not about you maybe shockingly enough, it's like when you walk into the lunchroom in high school and you assume everybody is thinking about you, but actually in that moment, everybody else is thinking about themselves. So nobody in that room is thinking about anybody but themselves. Like, come on now. Maybe the time we spend thinking about other people thinking about us is just literally wasted energy and we we don't have to spend it and allocate it there. Do you know what I mean? Maybe instead of being so concerned with other people's opinions of ourselves, we should spend time working on our opinion of ourselves. Do you feel that you are a good mom? Do you feel like you're trying? Because trying is what counts. There's no such thing as perfection. I, when people are like, oh wow, this person's perfect or this is so, mm -mm, I do not love that word perfect. Mm -mm. I need to take a drink because I am talking a lot probably talking fast but not everybody is going to like you and my mom told me that at a very young age and and she said it because she's they used to say there's always going to be someone who can run faster spit further and it was you know toot louder (laughs) that's what my grandpa said he didn't say toot he said fart but I don't say fart we say toot (laughs) not that that matters at all but you know whatever my grandfather was from Oklahoma and he was always like, ladies don't say fart. And I was like, okay, fine toot. Actually, (laughs) now that we're here, one of my childhood best friend's mom used to say fluff. She'd be like, did you fluff? (laughs) Okay. We've segued. Anyways, my mom used to say, there's always going to be somebody that you can compare yourself to and feel terrible about yourself. And there's always going to be someone you can compare yourself and feel self-righteous about, but that's not the point. The point is not demeaning yourself or trying to feel better than other people. The point is trying to actually form your identity in a, in a way that makes you feel comfortable with yourself. That even on days you don't like yourself, you still love yourself. I, I have to explain to London some days because she's very, I'll tell you what, we're in the stage of life where she has asked me to go to college with her. She has asked me to, you know, live with, like, she just wants me to be, we're going to live next door to each other when she gets married. That's where she's at right now in her life. And I will live in the celebrity of her wanting to spend that time with me, even though I know that's going to change. Like girlfriend's not going to be being like, mom, can you come to college with me? (laughs) But we're in the stage of life. And I said, I love how much you love me. Um, And I just want you to know that even on days you don't like me, I'm going to be okay with it. And she looks at me with this face. I have impugned her honor. I have spoken words that should not be spoken. She goes, what do you mean I'm not going to like you? I'll always like you. I said, wait a second. I said, my hope is you'll always love me, London. But you might not always like me, baby doll. She goes, why? I said, because you're a different person. You're going to have different opinions. You're going to disagree with me. And she goes, what? And I was like, you're going to disagree with me. And I think it's so funny because I think so often parents find it offensive when kids disagree with them. But the the point of the matter is, is, are they disagreeing kindly and respectfully and just having a difference of opinion? Because that's not a problem. Now, if I'm rude to them in the disagreement, that's a problem too. If they're rude to me, that's a disagreement. But having a difference of opinion is not disrespectful. You want them to. I want my kids to form their own opinions. I hope that at one point in their life, they disagree with me and they come out with this very passionate, founded, identity aware statement of why they do. And I can applaud their independence and their identity and their confidence and comfort in that and not see it as a threat to who I am. And I think that that's what happens. We view other people's opinions as so high that it's a threat to us. It's a threat because we give it so much power. And the way that you can start to take that power back is by stopping yourself from bullying yourself, from worrying yourself, from spending all your time and energy consumed with what probably nobody is thinking about that when that thought pops up of that mom group you didn't get invited to or those friends that didn't let you come out or that person that didn't respond to your text or left you on read or whatever it is that you can say start with the positive maybe they don't know me well enough maybe they got busy maybe something happened and if it comes out they did ignore you well then maybe that's their loss cuz you know what baby you are platinum gold You are worthy of people's time. And if people don't want to spend time with you, you do not want their time. No, ma'am, you don't. You don't wanna have to earn people's time. You shouldn't have to spend your time changing people's opinions of you unless like you're turning over a new leaf and you've had like this previous like experience. You should not spend the majority of your time trying to make people like you. You need to spend the majority of your time loving you. So on the days you don't like you, And other people don't like you. You still love you. Because you want to know something? There's a trickle-down effect to that. I think about this all the time as a mom. And for me with with young daughters, I think about this all the time. There is a trickle-down effect. If my kids see me spending the majority of my time worrying about other people, talking about other people, being negative to myself, talking down to myself, What does the trickle-down effect of that look like? You know, we talk about raising strong kids and strong women. I say women because I have three little girls. This can go for those little boys out there too. But we spend so much time about raising strong kids and kind kids and all this stuff. But are we actually being kind to ourselves in front of our kids? Are we actually showing them what it looks like to be kind to themselves? Or are we spending the majority of our time treating ourselves like we're disappointments to ourselves? Only pointing out our failures and never celebrating those wins. Did you wake up today? Did you get someone breakfast today? Did you complete a homework assignment? Did you lay in bed when you needed to for the self-care that you needed to? Well, then pat yourself on the back because you took care of yourself. You did something today. And the trickle-down effect is what I think keeps me... Literally focused when I start to have negative self talk because I want to raise kids better than me. I want to raise little girls kinder than me, more empathetic than me. I want to raise girls that can have their identity and feel confident in that, whatever that looks like, and not feel that if somebody doesn't agree with that, that it in some way infringes on theirs. They can still be there, they can still be kind you don't have to like everyone to be kind and love them that's not how the world works like i i always joke about the fact that like okay i if if you know me in real life i don't like goat cheese or blue cheese oh my gosh i will gag at the smell of blue cheese i can't even put it in my mouth and my husband absolutely loves it and i love being married to him <laughs> him liking goat cheese and blue cheese does not affect my view of him. I will look at him and be like, dude, that is foul. I love you. Brush your teeth. Like I have expectations and boundaries with the blue cheese, but he also knows how much I love garlic and he likes garlic, but I love garlic. And we all know what garlic does. It makes you stink your breath and you know the gas. Okay, there's gas. There's just gas with garlic. Gabriel, be honest. It's there. Okay. Like we're gonna talk about. It, we're gonna talk about it. And what are his boundaries with that? Brush your teeth. Like, <laughs> but it doesn't affect our care for one another. And that's what we need to see is this trickle down effect of worry. This trickle down effect that it took me till I was 31 to start to say, "Hold up, wait a minute, let us." No, I'm kidding. We're not gonna do. <laughs> Can you tell I was a kid that grew up on Bring It On? Anyways, we need to stay focused, Amanda. We need to start to see, and it took me 31 years. So like, if you're not there yet, that's normal. And if you're further ahead than I am, you go, okay? Get it. We need to start to see that as we go, kids or no kids, whatever that looks like, there is a trickle-down effect, to how we allow other people's opinions to have power and to have any say in identity. Because remember, at the end of the day, if, we, if, you can, if you can understand this, and I think this was really freeing for me, everyone's experience in life is different. Everybody's experience is framed separately and differently. You know, think about weddings. Everyone could just say, well, all weddings are the same. No. Yes, getting getting married falls under a wedding umbrella, but there are like 10, 80 billion ways to do it, okay? It's not even a real number, but just go with me on it, okay? So someone has an experience. It frames how they view things and their opinion, and therefore, it, it trickles onto everyone around them, right? It affects everyone around them. So why would you take responsibility of changing who you are because somebody's opinion is framed by an experience? Now, does that mean that we have to be like super, oh, well, this is who I am. No, uh, you can live in your self-love and self-identity and and you you can have that. And when someone says something, say, oh, okay. Oh, all right. And know it not to be true and just let it go. Like sometimes I'll get comments on social media and somebody will say something. Oh, there was this one comment. Oh, this comment irritates me when people say this. They'll be like, London's your favorite because you talk about her the most. And I remember the first time I got that, like I went to go into the comment section and just straight up like defend it. And on TikTok, you only have like under 180 characters. So that's going to be multiple comments down of my long paragraph. Because as y'all know, I'm long winded. But I literally sat there and I, I call it the training myself. And it's a daily practice with my kids too. I want to rest before I react. So I'm going to reflect. I'm going to rest, reflect before I react. So I took a beat. What's the rest? I took a beat. I took a breath. And then I reflected for a moment on what that statement, was that statement true? No, of course it's not. I have a seven-year-old that I have more conversations with because I have a two-year-old that doesn't really converse yet. And a four-year-old who still is in that in-between stage of we're not having the conversations that I'm having with my seven-year-old. It's called development and age. So I took that beat. I reflected on the comment. And then I reacted to it by doing absolutely nothing because I knew it held no value and had no meaning in my life. And that person could go on living with whatever they wanted to, but it didn't change what I knew that I love all my girls the same and that they have all different talents and idiosyncrasies and little things that make them so unique and freaking little Queens, but that I didn't have to give that comment, any ownership over who I was as a mom or question how I felt about my kids. I didn't need to hand that over to someone freely. You know, I heard this quote once, I can't remember who said it, but they said, don't give someone with cheap seats an expensive opinion to your life. And that's not to be rude, that's just to say, if you know somebody doesn't have a well intention for you, don't give them that free way. Say, okay, all right, that's, and just boom. Because at the end of the day, if you spend so much time worrying about people's opinions, you're gonna spend more time bullying yourself which we do enough already, you're going to spend more time worrying yourself, which doesn't pay you back. And that trickle-down effect, if you're a parent like I am, is not going to have any type of payoff. It isn't. Because kids learn by seeing. You know the whole do as I say, not as I do? Ooh, I'll tell you what, that doesn't play out. I've watched it generationally. And that's a story for another time. The do as I say and not as I do is not how kids learn. Kids learn by doing. Frankly, I'm 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 a learner like that. I have to do something. I have to see it and then do it for me to learn it. I am not an auditory learner. Oh my gosh, I struggled in school. Auditory learning is not my gift. You need to show me and then I need to do it with you while, we're, while you're showing me. So as we head into the holiday season, which brings so much joy and for some so much pain, remember... Your identity is not framed by other people's opinions. It's not. And when you start to feel it being that way, remember to rest, to reflect, and then respond. And I hope that response is in taking back what you know to be true for you. And what you know holds value. And what you know has the space to pay you back because there are going to be friends in your life and I have them and I'm grateful for them that have um wise words because I wouldn't call it opinions and I'll call them and I'll need I'll need their help and they'll they'll give me the advice I need or they'll offer that other side to the coin that I need to see and that I go to them for that. I go to those trusted people for that because you need that to be a better person. I need not just self-reflection but I need You know, Blake does that for me a lot. And he's always been that way since we were kids. Blake is not afraid to tell me what I don't want to hear in an effort to tell me what I need to hear for myself. And he sometimes he does it great. And other days it just doesn't come out how we want. And it ends up with a little, like we're going, it's a disagreement. And then it comes out in the end and we round it out. So that's not to say that people can't add value. But it's to say that... You spending so much time worrying about what people think of you in the lunchroom is actually a waste because everybody is just worried about themselves because we're all so paralyzed with what people think. And if you can start to stop that negative self-talk, which is what is driving that control, it's really, 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 really freeing. And it doesn't work every day. It's not a foolproof method, obviously. But I can tell you what, when I started doing that at 31, looking back now three years, it's great. It's great it's cool. It's cool to get to parent differently and see my kids do things. It's cool to get to finally I'm telling you, you guys, it took me till I was 33 to buy my first pair of Doc Martens. 33 years old. I waited to buy a pair of shoes. I loved always wanted because I was so concerned with how other people might interpret me buying freaking Doc Martens. Don't live your life like that. Buy the shoes put rose gold in my hair a couple, like a month ago. I'll tell you what, you'd have thought I dyed my whole hair like blue. I was like, look at me. I'm so revolutionary with this rose gold. But for me, it was a big deal. Because for so long, I was so afraid to do anything to my hair. So I hope that this encouraged you today. I hope that you remember that you are you're platinum. You're amazing. You're 24 karat gold. You're, you're awesome. And even if you feel like you're failing right now and you're barely holding on, throw yourself a lifesaver. And I don't mean the mint, unless you need one. Throw yourself a lifesaver of giving yourself a little self-love, even if the self-like isn't there yet. So that is our podcast for the week. I am so happy that you're here. I am so grateful every week to get to come and share my heart with you. I'm telling you, you guys, we have some deep podcasts. There will be some tears coming in some episodes because y'all want me to talk about addiction and I will tell you what, that is a wound that just comes and goes, but I'm grateful to share it with you and I'm grateful that any of this encourages you. So your practice for the week, well, I'm not going to tell you what to do, obviously, but my hope for you. That in any frame of life, whether it's your kids irritating you, whether it's a roommate, whether it's negative self-talk, whether it's a family member, whether it's a phone call gone poorly, uh, a significant other partner's argument, to take a beaten rest, to reflect on what's being said, and then react. And if that's no reaction at all, boom. So thank you for being here. I'm grateful. And I hope you have a wonderful holiday. Oh, and can I just say for a second, y'all are just freaking fabulous for being so supportive. I'm so excited about a couple of, well, the Cascade campaign and then a couple campaigns I have coming and your support means absolutely everything to me. So thanks for being here. All right. I don't know what you're doing, but if you do listen, feel free to tag me. When I see you guys listening, it sets my heart on fire because I just am like, oh, we're hanging out. All right. I will talk to you later. And that is the end of this episode.